When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Okay, so Keith it's next Saturday, Imperial Hotel, Kit Conair. It's the first one of its kind in Ireland. You might just give people a little bit of background in, into the, the thoughts or the, the thinking behind putting this show together. Oh, well, of course, as you said, yeah, it's, it's Ireland's first uh, football kit convention. I think um, during the pandemic, uh, one of the, the, the kind of niche markets that exploded was that of football kit collecting. There was a lot of people out there who were individually working on, I suppose, their own kits or, or buying and selling jerseys from their favorite clubs or things to do with their favorite players but then the during the pandemic people kind of came together as a group and there's a real thriving football kit community in Ireland people who collect and who sell or trade and even people who have jerseys that are very personal to them and have great stories or jerseys that are indeed nearly iconic in Irish football so Paul Behan and myself we were kind of kicking about an idea to maybe do it started off as just a, a Jersey fair for people to come together and sell. And then he was like, no, we'll make it a bit bigger. I'm making a Monday event. We'll have a football kick adventure. We'll bring uh, vendors from Ireland, UK, but also collectors from Ireland and the UK as well. We're bringing over speakers who were involved in, the, say, the manufacture marketing of football jerseys as well. With Aidan O'Reardon and Gary Cook coming down, they're well known around Ireland for doing the football walking tours of Dublin. They're going to do an equivalent uh, in Dundalk. And we're hoping we might twist Gary's arm to give us a, a one or two of his famous Eamon Dunphy impressions <laughs> from obviously his involvement with APRE match as well. He, he hasn't said no, so that means the chances are still kind of good. Um, we've Eddie O'Mahony coming from Ireland Soccer Shirts and Ireland Soccer Shirts is a really, there is no Irish football kit museum. So, you know, he is the de facto one and he will be bringing Ray, uh, one of Ray Houghton's jerseys from Euro 88. Right. He's also got the famous Richard Dunn jersey from the Russia game where he's man of the match and they had to write five <laughs> in the permanent marker on the back of the jersey because their dress rooms were locked and they couldn't get back in to get a replacement shirt. You know, so he's got ones like that as well mm. um, with some of the, kind of high profile personalities from the, the football shirt world on Twitter coming over as well to, to be a part of it. And we've been delighted, David, with the interest that it's received because it, it started off as a small idea. We've turned it into a one day event. Um, Dundalk, we feel, is a good place uh, to launch it and start it off as well. Obviously, there's, you know, you're looking loud. There's a great uh, football tradition with Dundalk and Drogheda as well. But also it's so handy to get to from Belfast or Dublin. So it felt like a good spot for us to, to kind of start off in. And we're just really looking forward to next Saturday uh, in the Imperial. Like Tickets are 10 euros. So it's, it's great value for what you're going to be getting on the day. And of course, it'll be a raffle and giveaways as well. And children and seniors are free. We're hoping that people will see it as kind of a family event. Yeah. And there will be kids' jerseys available on the day as well. And we have Dundalk uh, lined up to sell jerseys. And we're hoping to get some other uh, League of Ireland clubs to come in on the day as well and have them represented. 
Okay. Um, yeah, because it's I was, you know, when I heard about this and when when you got in touch about doing a piece, it's as I said to you during the week, it's kind of right up my street because I'm a bit of a kittener myself. And my my sister sent me on. I don't know if I'm brave enough to share it on Twitter, but my sister sent me on a photograph of me when I was about ten with my brother, and I have the old Arsenal jvc jersey and my brother has the yellow ireland goalkeeper jersey with opal on the front of it so uh they'd both be worth a few quid if i'd held on to them at this point but you know you think back to the history of, of football kits and as you mentioned there the the collection has really grown over the last number of years but i suppose it was probably only in the late 1980s that you could actually buy it seems alien now but that you could actually buy the the genuine kits because i remember as you might do as well there were these dodgy knockoff o'neill's jerseys that you used to be able yes. to get which were like kind of cop. I remember they tried to mock up the, the Liverpool one with the little white flecks on it, and there were it was like little white um fireworks on, on the red material. So when we were younger, up until like the maybe the late 80s, unless you went over to the UK or unless you filled out your little your little um form on your, your soccer magazine and sent away with your with your with your money or whatever, you'd get the, to get the kit back. So you couldn't actually buy jerseys. So the whole phenomenon, even in, in in terms of the classic kit end of things, that's all quite new because I suppose it's probably only about 40 years ago since you could, you know, buy jerseys that sponsors started appearing on them. So I guess that probably explains a little bit why classic jerseys from the eighties are so popular in the nineties, because you probably couldn't get anything from the seventies or the sixties commercially anyway. So it's a relatively new phenomenon. When you look at the history of football over a hundred years old, the kit sort of side of things is, is still a relatively new thing. Yeah, absolutely, David. I mean, you know, you're probably in the eighties, even commercially, you were talking very low quantities, as you mm. see, right in the way, or the clothes might have them in their club shops. Um, the O'Neill's version, I, I was laughing, thinking you, it, when you're on about that, because, yeah, the first jersey I, t- I had, I think, was a, a version of a Celtic one from O'Neill's. And then, obviously, the Packy Bonner goalkeeper jersey there was the O'Neill's one. But I think Italian 90 was probably responsible for a huge amount uh, of kit sales. People wanted that Ireland shirt. But from Euro 88, People wanted that Ireland shirt. Adidas, I think, slowly kind of cottoned onto it. There aren't many Ireland jerseys pre-Euro 88 floating around. And even, like, as you said, for club ones, if you're getting team jerseys that are from the 60s or 70s, maybe even into the early 80s, there's a more than likely they're kind of match-worn or club-issued ones. So yeah. they're of high value. After that, then you see that start to see it. But I think, really, it comes in nearly, David, to the Premier League era. Mm. When, when, when the Premier League started over, when they took over from the first division, they kind of recognised the marketing and trying to get uh, supporters tied in more to they saw the football clubs as brands. So a big key part of selling your brand is obviously having your supporters wearing their colours. Yeah. And, and, you know, they started to push this kit, uh, the kits out. The manufacturers got more involved. I think it was more of an obligation than a profit-making thing, uh, supplying teams at one stage. But it was very slow. If you think of League of Ireland clubs as well, even during the 90s, it was nearly hard to get uh, a replica jersey for a League of Ireland club. You're talking really in, the, in nearly into the uh, 2000s. Like I, I'm David. I'm from Sligo myself, and one of the jerseys for me that's hardest to get is, is the Sligo Rovers 1993-94 uh, FAI Cup final winning jersey. There is yeah. not a lot of them out there at all, made by a Scottish brand by Match Winner, who've gone extinct. They pop up. They give you an idea of, of of value. They give pop up every now and then on eBay. And one popped up there last year and it went for about 450 euro. Wow, okay. Did you pay for it? Did you pay for it yourself? I tried, but the good wife had me capped at 200. That, that was it, you know. And like, you know, even, even in terms of the name, you mentioned Match Winner. I think they made um Shamrock Rovers jersey for, right. for a period of time as well. So, and you've like, I even look back to the, the 90s and you had like the likes of Spall or Ribeiro or these brands that came and went, the, the famous. I think it was a famous Norwich um, bird poo jersey that was around in the early 90s, which was probably around the Premier League 
uh, era as well was when that jersey came around. So yeah, even in terms of like, not even jerseys themselves, but the, the manufacturers that have just gone to the wall since then. So that probably adds a, another layer of value to these things. It does. But I think what you find as well, David, that it can be personal to people kick collecting. Like mm. people like to collect jerseys from say the teams of support. Like I would know guys who try to get one from every Liverpool season since the thing started supporting the club or, or United or things like that. Or or for, for me and other people might collect, I would probably focus on Sligo Rovers jerseys mm. from different years or jerseys of former players have gone on to play with teams in England because there's more of a, a, a personal connection to it. And that's what like a fascinating side to it and something we want to get across for next Saturday. You know, that every shirt can kind of nearly tell a story. Yeah. Uh, and the value that of a, of a jersey, something might be mean more to one person than it would to the general public, but there could be a meaning with it. Like you might take a, a Jolly United fan who might have a jersey from you know the league winning season, like something like that's going to be invaluable. But outside of say Drogheda, like would it mean a lot to other people? Probably not. Mm. But it doesn't matter. It's 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 personal to you and it's special to you, and it's associated with a great period or great memories. And I think that's kind of happening with jerseys there's a bit of nostalgia sort of coming in now that's associated with them as well where people want to get it but it's it's hard out there because the market's been it's nearly oversaturated now it's very hard to find the original from the classic you know kind of dh gate uh version that's floating around as well and then there's retro remakes as well too Mm -hmm. like so it's 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 a huge market now david and it's funny because i mean i was thinking it earlier and i still have a few i still have a few at home i must take them out and throw up a few photos for the piece tomorrow but like we had a lot of jer- football jerseys at home and I, I had a few, as I mentioned, a few, the, the classic Arsenal ones from, from the early 90s and late 80s. Now they would have been kid sizes, obviously, but I think they were just thrown away. And if, if I, when I think about it now, it kills me that we didn't hold on to them because not that I would have wanted to sell them or anything like that, but just to have them, as, as you said there, for the kind of the nostalgia value and everything else. But there's, there's certain ones that we see coming up a lot. Like there's the Germany 1990 design, there's the kind of the Honeycomb Holland one from Euro 88 that's, that's famous as well. For you personally... Aside from Sligo, are there any, you know, is there any handful of jerseys that, that you have as, a, as your kind of all-time favourites or ones that you're maybe trying to get a hold of that you're, you're having trouble getting? Yeah, some of them are hard, but I have to be mindful of the people listening. It might be a bit obscure or tenuous. You, you kind of set yourself challenges, you know, in the football kick-collecting world. And mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give you a random one, David. There's a famous uh, general from Mayo called uh, General William Brown. He's... Uh, Naval, Amb- Naval Admiral in Argentina. There's four clubs in Argentina named after him. One is very famous, Amarante Brown. They brought out a jersey last year that had his face on the front of it. You know, a portrait of him. Mm-hmm. Then there was Guillermo Brown. Then there's mm-hmm. Club Atletico Almer Brown. And then there's uh, Porto de Almirante Brown. I set myself a challenge to try and get four of them. All four. I have three of them so far. The fourth one, they're a team from Arrecifes in Argentina near impossible to get i've been right. on to people in argentina even as well and they said they were in the league they're kind of gone down the ranks now to nearly intermediate football very hard to get any commercial one and that nearly just kind of adds to the challenge of it um that i i'd you know I'll, I'll stick with it and you never know one day one might pop up or appear somewhere they haven't anywhere not even ebay or anything like that but that that kind of adds to it and it gives it gives you an interest. It gives you something to pursue. Yeah. You know, uh, and again, you've got an Irish connection to it. Not kind of on Sligo, but one I did complete. There's a team in Chile called O'Higgins FC, David. Have you ever heard of them? I haven't. 
So they're called. O'Higgins. This is a whole. This is a whole new level. I thought I. I thought I liked my football kits, but you're you're bringing me. Uh, you're bringing me down a completely different path here. But go on. But this this team is called O'Higgins FC. That's a great Irish sounding name. Yeah. Uh, named after the son of a, a Sligo man. Named after uh, Bernardo O'Higgins, who again was a naval ambassador. Uh, uh, sorry, admiral in Chile. His father was Ambrosio O'Higgins from Balasadere. He's a Chilean national hero. There's a club named after him. They were t- actually a top flight club. It took me the guts, I'd say, of about eight years. But last year, I finally got hands on one of their home jerseys. And then kind of a postscript, because this is the way things always work out. Mm. After trying so hard to get one of the jerseys and I eventually got one, they've started to appear now regularly on classic football shirts. Wow. So you're really you're really working hard for it. You're going to have to get yourself a flight to Argentina, I think, ultimately, to get that to get that last uh that last yeah, kit that you're looking for, the brown kit that you're looking for. <laughs> yeah, the, the great thing about this, um, the, the kind of, there's a strong football community on Twitter. You start to make connections with people. So I actually have developed kind of online uh, friendships with collectors in Argentina, and they would always be keeping an eye out for you. And they are confident that one will kind of come up. And then they like to collect kind of jerseys from over here as well, from clubs that, you know, Argentinian internationals would have played for. So you kind of look to to help each other out. Mm. And it's just fascinating because in what other aspect would you met, known or been dealing with these people other than to the kind of shared interest in football kits? Absolutely. And and just in that, in that example there, for example, so when somebody, if somebody comes to you, I have that jersey for you. What's like if you've got something to, you know, it's like the, the sticker albums back in the day. Like if you've got something of, of comparable value to swap, but more than likely you're going to have to part with a few quid for it. What do you, what do you expect that that Admiral Brown jersey, if it turns up, what do you expect you're going to have to fork out for that one? Bear in mind your wife is probably listening, so be careful. Yeah, bear, bear, bear in mind there's a good chance that my wife is listening, David. Well, if you could, you'd, you'd look first to, to kind of see if you could do a trade or something like that or offer to pay postage, but you could look. Yeah, really, I, I, I would be expecting somewhere around 50 to 80 euro for it. Okay, it's not too bad. It's not too bad because it's niche like. Um, so it wouldn't be. They, they, and the thing is, and the jerseys in Argentina. Even this season, Jersey, and you know, famous clubs like Boca Juniors, River Plate, yeah. they work out the equivalent price of about 25, 30 euro right. in, in Argentina. Really, it's the post that is the killer then when you when you, you get them sent over. Um, but the jerseys themselves aren't actually the, that dear at source. So it just shows you what we're paying over here is is extortionate then by comparison for the, for it, the it, replica it, kits, which you're talking about. You could be talking about 70 quid for the... For just for the regular one, and I think then you know if player if somebody wants to go and buy the, the player the player fit one, which I certainly wouldn't be doing myself, but you know you're looking at maybe a hundred or hundred over a hundred euros for it. So it's it just shows you the markup on these things when you compare it to the prices in Argentina. Well, exactly, that is the markup. Like even the Brazilian clubs, uh, they, they, I was talking to a person from Brazil during the week, and they were saying their jerseys would work out about twenty euro, and that's for like your Sao Paulo, Corinthians, Flamengo, all those top clubs or. I had a friend of mine was in India and you buy their jerseys. It works out at something like 13 euro. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, it's incredible, really. And it just goes to show you, as you mentioned earlier, the, since the Premier League has come in, and, and even in terms of the, the names and numbers in the back of the jerseys, which is another kind of layer to it in terms of expense and stuff like that but it's it's a completely different world than it was yeah as you said there in the the late 80s when it was hard to get them and just in terms of even in terms of some of the jerseys that we see now that are that are massively popular like again as an Arsenal supporter when Adidas took on the Arsenal um, manufacturing gig a couple of years ago haven't been away for a long number of years there was a massive as you would have seen a massive campaign to get the bruised banana jersey back and they they kind of did a half-baked version of it which wasn't really it was neither one thing nor the other but I guess they maybe didn't feel like they could go the whole hog and they actually released as you probably know again they released it the Bruce Banana one as a retro and sold it for an extortionate price I think but that jersey when it came out I mean I don't think anybody really liked it it was it was an an abomination and there were a couple of other templates used for other teams as well but that's the one that most people remember that kind of zigzag design and I think it was 92 93 they had it but there's some jerseys that when they were out nobody really liked them but now 30 years later they're they're in quote-unquote classic shirts it's funny how how people's perception changes maybe it's just the nostalgia value as well it's it is the nostalgia value that could be memories of sorts but i think as well a big part of it david is that the designs are maybe more unique Mm. whereas nowadays a lot of the designs are repetitive yeah uh you look at some of the big manufacturers and they, they tend to not do a lot of bespoke jerseys it's more you know, coming straight out of a catalogue. Like if you see a big jersey for United or Arsenal or Liverpool or Manchester City, teams like that, you can be full short as other teams in top European or South American or African leagues that have got the same template with maybe a different sponsor. Yeah. And I, I think that takes it away. Maybe it makes them just a little bit bland. And, and this fact that they're bringing out a jersey every year means that they kind of lose any connection with them. Um, like it's funny, Paul and myself, Paul from Football Kitbox, we're talking about this. Is there many jerseys that are out there now that are going to be as highly sought after in 20, 30 years as some of the ones that we're looking for now? And the answer is probably not. Maybe yeah. special ones. I, I mean, you know, from like a Liverpool Istanbul one or something like that. Or if Arsenal were to win the Champions League. Well, they're not in the Champions League. Sorry, David. <laughs> but if Arsenal. Don't need, don't need to rub it in. 
I just thought it, but if Arsenal were to win the Champions League in a yeah. couple of years, that shirt would retain a special value. But other than that, you know, a lot of their home kits, they look the same. The yeah. tweaks can be very hard for people to kind of spot with the manufacturers. And that's why they have a laziness to go back to kind of reproduce classic designs that people recognize and kind of stand out more. And it's happening kind of all over. Uh, you see Swansea in the championship are brought out uh, a, a nearly exact version of a, an away kit they had in the 80s. Yeah. You, you know, like it, a lot of clubs are kind of doing that where they're just updating it. Coventry City do that a lot as well. Uh, Hummel tend to do that, bring back classic kits, but with the modern spin. But that's really saying that maybe they know there's not enough bespoke versions uh, of their own ones. And it, it does be a complaint, I think, that a lot of League of Ireland fans had sometimes uh, with their manufacturers that they were just kind of out of the catalogue mm. and they mightn't really have any had kind of a special association kind of with the clubs. You are slowly, I think, starting to see um, some more bespoke jerseys. That's I, I actually thought it was a real pity that CX Sports um, who were horse went out of the market because I thought some of the kits they produced for Drada mm. and Dundalk were, were some of the most interesting and they were actually more properly tied into local history as well. Yeah, I, I guess in fairness, it, it does feel, as you mentioned it, that the, the League of Ireland kits in the last couple of years um, have come on a little bit and they feel they don't look like the the cookie cutter versions that we we might have seen in years gone by. So maybe, maybe things are, are picking up a little bit there. Just to, to wrap it up, on the, on the event next week, Imperial Hotel, um, what is the most expensive, you know, jersey that you're aware of that's that's sold at an event like this? It might be hard to kind of to put your finger on it, but I know I was at a similar event a few years ago in the UK, and like the price of some of the jerseys, and even you know, if you go on to the likes of classic football kits, you go back to say the late '80s, and there's a few of that Adidas Roma jersey, for example, which is very rare, and they could be you know five, six, seven hundred pounds. So yeah. The money involved in some of these some of these jerseys is is massive, but you know from your own personal experience, what's the most that you've seen given, and, and what's the jersey? Well, I I suppose the most high profile recent one, David, is is surely Maradona's Hand of God. Yes, yeah. Is Steve Hodge getting seven million pound for for that jersey was uh, fairly incredible, but I mean that's that's very unique. The most the most expensive jersey I I seen go for uh, recently, I, I saw a, a bit more on it, and it. You'd, I wondered who his business... It was a match-worn um, Francesco Totti one from his last season with Roma. Right. And the beating went crazy on it, David. Now, I know, obviously, the, Totti has a special association with Roma, you know, one-man club and all that, but it went for something like €800. Euro. Right. But you, in Ireland, the hardest jerseys to find that attract a lot of value that you would be talking your five six hundred €600 Euro would be Ireland ones from the 70s and 80s. Right. Pre Jack Charlton era, you know, you know, you know, classic O'Neill's, we all recognize the design, yeah. but there are not a lot of replica versions of them out there uh, at all. So you are talking that any ones that are out there are player issue or matchroom ones, and they tend to go for about five, six hundred euro. Like if you take an Italian 90 jersey, uh, even the replica one, a real one, and um, that Adidas sort of brought out commercially at the time, they generally tend to go for at least a minimum of 200 euro as well. Right. Yeah. And, you, and it's, it's, you know the the guys who are going to be there uh, on Saturday. You know they can they can tell they can spot the fake from the the real thing. So it's 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 fascinating to get a an insight into their process. Like how how do you know? You know it took me a couple of years to learn how you can spot yeah. uh, a real jersey from a a fake jersey as well. Like it, it, that's another side of it too. And in terms of those older jerseys, because yeah, we do see a lot of replicas being made now, and they you know they they might even have Adidas tags on them. But I guess. 
you know, if you're looking at a, a Liverpool jersey from, say, in the 1990, one of the candy ones, something like that, first thing I guess you're going to look at is the condition it's in. If it's, if it's immaculate, then straight away, I presume you're suspicious that it's not, it's not the real thing. Yeah, that, well, that, that's it. Nothing's going to stay uh, kept that well for, for, you know, the guts of 30, 40 years. But there are other telltale signs. That, uh, that's why I, I, even I'm, as myself as a collector, looking forward to the talks. It, it goes down to the product codes that could be on the labels, uh, the the kind of type that's used in the labels, like Umber used to use pinpoint pricks on their labels that people could be tell. So when they're doing the remix, they're too clean or too smooth. Right. You know, it's the things that you or I wouldn't know to spot out for, unless you're told that you kind of have to look for them. I got I got caught with one there. I I thought I'd find a great bargain, David. It was an Italian ninety shirt. It looked in completely beat up condition, so I thought it was aged. Uh, I, I think it got in Depop, worked out about 25 euro. And I was like, this is either the greatest find of all time. And it was completely fake. So, right. so it's like, there, there you go. You know, it's it, you can still get fooled. Even it the looked, experts can get can get conned at times. Yeah, it looked so real. Like it wasn't uh, too much to get conned out of, but it, it genuinely looked the part until you could actually have it in your hands. Yeah, that's the thing. It's to the, 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 the feel the material and, and put the value on it down, I suppose, is the thing. That's when you know when, when it's something is right or wrong. So just to wrap up then, it's next Saturday, 2nd of July, Imperial Hotel, kick on air, the first of its kind. You might just remind people what time it kicks off at and what, again, they can expect. Yeah, again, thanks again, David. Uh, great to talk to you. So yeah, kick on air. It's from 10 o'clock to 5 p.m. next Saturday, um, July the 2nd, in the Imperial Hotel in Dundalk. Um, we will have... Uh, this, the collectors displaying their jerseys from Ireland to clubs all over the world. Um, we have sellers coming from all, all over Ireland, the UK. We have uh, kit talks and kit chats with people involved in the design of jerseys, the manufacturer, the marketing and the trade. Uh, we will have discussions on how you can spot the real versus the fake one. And of course, the kind of our key thing with Aidan and Gary and with their football, football tour of uh, Dundalk. And uh, so we're just... You know, we're hoping it'll be a great day. Like, uh, we, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but we're hoping this can grow and become kind of an annual event. There is a huge interest out there in Ireland in, in football kick collecting. And this is the first chance for people to kind of come together. It is a real kind of family event because, you know, you, as you said, you had the kids uh, jerseys many years ago. And I think people now will be looking to pass on, get their, you know, young sons and daughters involved in collecting mm-hmm. jerseys. And this would be a great place to start them off on. So we hope to uh, see everyone there. Tickets are 10 euro, as I said. It's free for children and seniors. And it's uh, next Saturday in the Imperial promises to be a great day so if you're into football if you're into football kids next saturday imperial hotel is the place to be keith o'dwyer thanks so much for talking to us thank you david